When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. I am doing something a little different with the podcast. I am bringing you a special 12-part series, and in the series... I sit down with three presentation and communication experts to tackle some of the biggest presentation questions we receive from our audiences. The experts are global communications expert, Monique Russell, Robert Honorado, who's a director of education and a professional speaker. And then there's Diana Howells, an award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and global virtual trainer. You can check out their bios at the end of each show, but for now, tune in and take notes. This is going to be a good one. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Own the Microphone. As you know, we have something new and exciting. I cannot wait to get into this conversation with you today. We are going to discuss the question of how do you manage distractions from your audience as well as you're getting a twofer, what do you do if you make mistakes? That is our question for discussion today. Monique, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show again. You've done this before. We're going to do it a couple of more times. Hi, Bridget. So excited to, to chat and speak about our favorite topic, public speaking. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so let's talk about have you ever had distractions in the audience? Like what, what did you do, especially the first time? Oh my goodness. I mean, because my personality is one that I'm open to people asking questions. I don't mind when I have the, the distraction, but I always make sure that I set the intention and the expectations up front. And I think that's probably coming from the teaching, the teaching background too. It's just like, all right, this is how we're going to play. Right. <laughs> if right, you right. have questions, this is where we're going to have it. We're going to have one to two right now, make it 30 seconds. <laughs> if you have any questions about the content, you know, like, so you're putting the expectation kind of really clear. I don't know. What, what about you? Right. So when you talk about setting that intention at the beginning, the first thing I think about is in your opening words, there are so many things that you need to do. And depending on the audience, you definitely need to make it clear how the show is going to run, like you said. So for those who need a formula, this is, this is what I like to do. Definitely open up in a way that's going to grab everybody's attention and pull them in and everything. But if you know, especially let's say you're doing a workshop and you know there can be some tension in there or there can be some controversy or some disagreement, you definitely want to make sure you set that intention at the beginning, like you said. So after you've opened up, giving everybody a reason to listen, let everybody know what you plan to accomplish that day. 
then let them know if you have questions, we will address them at X point. Or we're, you know, if you have a question in the course of the session, make sure you've provided them with post-it notes or index cards. And there's a little box that they drop the cards in, or there's a parking lot on the wall where you've put one of those ginormous sticky notes on the wall, and that's the parking lot. And so that keeps people engaged and it kind of deters them from having the sidebar conversations or wondering, oh, we're we going to cover this or what about this or what about that? They're free to write their question down in real time and they know that they'll get an answer to it. So that's one way that I like to not handle distractions, but be proactive, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and then here's something else that I've seen done and I like it. I don't know that I've had to do it. I've used it before. It's, and it's another, this is the thing with handling distractions. You want to be proactive that that's, that's the bottom line. So here's something that I saw done and I liked it a lot. And again, I think I've used it. This is where at the start of the session, you ask everyone what do they need in order for the session to go well for them, right? So you'll have people say, I need humor. You'll have others throw out, I need real strategies. I need practical tools. I need engagement. You'll have different things, right? And this is great. This is a great list. If you know there's a possibility of distractions cropping up in the audience, you already have your list as the presenter of what you need in order for it to be a successful session. So your list may be things like full attention, participation at a level that's comfortable for each person. That's a whole another topic. Let me think. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, active listening or make sure you listen to everyone or give everybody a chance to speak, right? You think of the behaviors that you don't want and what's the opposite of that and make that list of these are the things that I need while in your mind thinking about what I don't need. I don't need folks talking over each other. I don't need crazy commentary. So thinking to yourself, I don't need crazy commentary could morph into, I need thoughtful commentary. I need respectful or being respectful of each other's ideas. We don't have to agree, but we will be respectful. So you have your own list of what you need in order for the session to be successful. And then after everybody shouted out what they need, you have somebody making a list that everybody indicates what they need. You put that list up, you put up your pre-created list, and then you ask if everyone can agree on these ground agreements. I love that. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I mean, co-creating the agreements, how we agree to play, how we agree to uh, participate and behave during the session. I think that is the most critical piece. And then also adding what will happen if things don't go that way. Okay, so like, you know, we got somebody who just wants to talk and talk and talk and dominate the conversation. All right, y'all, what do you want to do? Like, what what are we going to do when that happens? You know, are we going to put our hand over our mouth? Are we going to say, you know, the, the peace sign, like peace, 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 time to wrap it up. That means you got two minutes to wrap it up. How are we going to address that? Not just 
the instructor or the facilitator, but as a group. So now you are enrolling, you you are enrolling the entire class so that the pressure doesn't feel like all of the management of the success of the session is on you. So I think to your point, like people think, well, oh, I'm afraid to manage distractions, but really the key is being proactive, as you said, and setting the agreements um, right up front, setting the expectations and the intentions together. I'm glad you addressed the what if, right? Because listeners may say, Bridget, that's lovely. That sounds great where you're being proactive and all this good stuff, but we all know you can lay out a plan and somebody will blow it to smithereens. So now what do you do? So I'm glad that you addressed that where you also have pulled the audience into kind of policing itself, and saying, you know, hey, if somebody falls short, what are we going to do here? Here's something else. You brought up the chatty Kathy type person, the person where they just don't stop. And that would be me. Okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> so, so peace sign. I'll give you the peace sign, Bridget. <laughs> you can't give me the two okay. minute peace sign on my own show, Monique. I just thought about this based on my life in elementary school and getting talks too much on all of my report cards. I was destined to have an own the microphone podcast. If yes. those teachers could see me now, <laughs> <laughs> they probably would say, yep, that, that makes perfect sense based on my experience. But also you'll have people where they can go on and on and it almost feels like to a certain extent they're they're stealing your show. They're stealing the presenter's thunder. And it, it can be hard to get a word in edgewise with those types. Have you ever had one of those types where, and, and let's say you hold up the, the peace sign and you're still not getting anywhere. What do you do then, Monique? Yes, I have had that actually in a workshop that I was delivering virtually, and we had the expectations. I did the whole proactive um, intention setting, and I had one gentleman who, I mean, his questions were great, but he did not allow for other people to speak. And so, you know, I, I said, okay, we're going to move on. And he would always find a nice strategic way to get right back on the, in the conversation and continue, 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 and continue. And I just said, listen, Bob, I'm calling him Bob. <laughs> I'm going to have to mute you right now and we're going to move on. Mm. So you're going to have to use a more assertive tone if that boundary is being pushed and you may have to mute and that's okay. And yeah. I remember one time I was in person, I was delivering a leadership workshop and we, it was that time when, you know, people at their different tables, they had, you know, they had their debrief together and then we had the group de debrief. So one person from each table would share what they discussed, et cetera. And we went, I went, I walked to the front of the room and I had the handheld microphone and I, big mistake, I gave him the microphone. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I'm sitting here for those of you kids rubbing my eyes in distress. 
I gave him the microphone. Why did Monique Russell do that? Because <laughs> it became his show. And as I was standing there, these thoughts were like, okay, this is when we're going to wrap it up. All right. You know, I'm, I'm looking for that part where we're going to interject and just kind of like move on. And suddenly I just had to, I just had to, I had to grab it back. I just had to grab it back. And funny enough, the rest of the people in the room started clapping. Yes, yes, you will find that if somebody is going rogue, the rest of the audience will support you in getting the train back on the track. So, and I love what you said about sometimes you just kind of have to be assertive. And in that virtual environment, you gave them a heads up, Bob, I'm going to have to mute you. Boop, right, your mic is off. And then something else you can do to add to that is, if you want to soften the blow a little bit, is telling everybody, you know, I want to make sure we get more ideas, more perspectives, give other people other opportunities. Because check this out, Monique, sometimes when I ask a question or pose a question to the audience, I will say something along the lines of, especially if I've already posed one or two questions before, and I have some of the same players participating or volunteering to respond, I will say something along the lines of prefacing the question with, I'd like to hear from someone that I've not yet heard from this morning or what have you, right? So yes. then it, the talkative ones are just kind of sitting there like looking around. Like see say something. They, they just want to put their hands on, you know, <laughs> sit on their hands because they want to jump. They want to jump. They just have so much great contribution. Yeah. You know, but we do have to create that space for people who want to share, but they need a little bit more encouragement to, to take the stage. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say you have someone who isn't necessarily a chatty Kathy, but just seems like they're trying to derail you or, you know, I consider that a distraction. I consider sidebar conversations, a distraction that is so, so rude to me. I was in a keynote in October of 2022 out in New Orleans. No, it wasn't a keynote. It was whatever it was. It doesn't matter. It was a presentation. And there were these two ladies at the table right in front of me, and they were having a full-blown conversation. I, I mean, full-on. And there was a lady at their table. She, you could see it in her body language. She packed up her notepad and tablet and everything and you know, jumped up out of her chair and abruptly went over to another seat and kind of shot them a look. Do you think that stopped them? That is a distraction. That's disruptive behavior. The sidebar conversations, the not paying attention. And then also, if you're just intentionally trying to derail the speaker, what do you do when it feels like somebody's asking you a question to, I don't know, get you off your game? What do you do in that instance? Yeah, so I, for me, the response is always... Well, first, I mean, I prepare. So let's just say, you know, just in for the audience that that are listening, when we're answering questions um, off the cuff, it's not that we don't know any of the questions that somebody might ask. So you write down all the things that you think people could ask you and the ones you think you may have a hard time answering, and you determine if you're going to be able to answer it right there, if you're going to pivot it, if you're going to put it on the parking lot, if you're going to come back to it. But if someone's trying to ask questions in a way that is trying to derail you in terms of your credibility or your expertise, or why should we 
listen to you. Sometimes, just depending on how it's positioned, I might just continue to invite that person to elaborate on exactly what they're trying to express, because maybe they're not saying it in a way um, that that they intend for it to come across. Right. So I, I try not to assume that they're trying to derail me, um, but I always create that space like, all right, these are suggestions and recommendations. Nobody's forcing you to take them, but these are best practices. These are what the top 1% do. You don't have to take them. You know, you're free to disagree with them. And in fact, I encourage you to find things that you disagree with that you could take and make it even better, right? So, I mean, it depends on how you want to um, position it or uh, I might turn the question back on them. You know, that's really a good idea. What are your thoughts? Let's yes. let's all let's all hear what are your thoughts so we can you know continue that conversation. Right. Since you want to be the expert, no, I'm playing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, but, like <laughs> yeah, that the is, floor is yours. The floor right. is yours. Yeah. But don't hand them the handheld microphone oh, no. though. No, Tell no, them. No, no. <laughs> I learned my mistake, Bridget. I did. <laughs> I learned. <laughs> I've done that before too. I, I won't gonna back up for like two seconds and so at one point I I just reached for the microphone I said just two seconds I said everybody uh, if you want to learn more just meet we'll say her name is Kelly meet Kelly at the book signing because I know the book signing is supposed to be about me but I'm just turning it over to Kelly I've turned over the presentation tour now I'm turning over the book signing tour so if you want to know more see her at the book signing at 115 where I'm supposed to be but she's going to be I mean we just kind of turned it into a joke in the moment Right, because she had taken that. that microphone and she was going for broke. But yes, give them the floor and don't feel like, and we'll talk more about this in another episode when it comes to answering questions. But I see that as a distraction if the question is phrased in a way that's meant to try to get you off your track or off your game. But yes, just say that, always thank them. Thank you for asking that and, and, and validate them uplift them right because mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. lot of times when you have a difficult audience member that's what they're looking for sometimes they're looking for attention yes they're wanting to show how much they know so it, it may not necessarily be about you but it may be about them when they're trying to or when they are seemingly being distracted so turn it back to them that's a great question let's first hear your thoughts on it and then you riff off it from there I love it yes yeah. yes yes now, what if you make a mistake? What, you know, what if I know, oh my goodness, I've had this happen to me where we had a tech check session before the webinar, a week before the webinar. We even got on like 30 minutes before the webinar. I could show my slides. I could advance them. I mean, everything was working fine. And I'm telling you when it was go time, something happened and I wasn't able to advance my slides and so on and so forth. And I'm sitting here like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I'm like spinning plates trying to figure this out. I've got two laptops set up and everything, but I'm still continuing with the show some kind of way. So what I ended up doing, my tech wasn't working, but my audience at the top of the hour was ready for a show. So what I did was I had them post to the chat, not where they were from or what their job was, but I had them post to the chat what is a big question you want answered in this session? And so as I'm sitting here trying to figure out the technology, I'm answering their questions too. And the person that had hired me, they had 
somebody on their team trying to figure out what was going on as well. I'm answering their questions as we're trying to figure this out. So that's my go-to in an instance like that. If I can't get my technology to work and I can see, you know, you can consider that a mistake, I guess. Uh, I just try to keep the show going and making sure I know my content well enough so I can just off the cuff answer these questions that are coming in, right? But I made a very specific point about not asking where they're from or what they're doing because people are just kind of, you know, tired of that. But yeah, that's like one mistake where I just kind of roll with the punches and in just the right amount of time, we got the tech fixed and we were able to jump into the session. So what do you do, Monique, when there's a mistake? Just keep moving. Yeah, I keep moving because nine times a 10, they don't even know it's a mistake. They don't know right. what's happening. You do. So it's really about managing your control responses. And you get, a, you get a little bit more comfortable when you do have the preparation for plan A, plan B, plan C. And to realize that, guess what? At the end of the day, whether you have bells, whistles, tech, whatever, they're coming to hear you. They're coming to hear you share your wisdom. They're coming to learn something. So then I just immediately start flipping it off of myself and I just, you know, flip it back on them. How can I still make this a very valuable, engaging session? The same way you started to just pull out that answers from them. But I remember one time, and this was in person, I've also had some tech glitches too okay but this was in person and um one of my team members she had brought so you know those the pop-up banners and and I had a few pop-up banners but we updated one and she put that one right on the stage before I had come out or whatever have you and I went out I did my thing I was just engaged with the audience I had so much fun and by the time I was coming down you know people were lining up they wanted to share they had these you know this was so engaging this was so inspirational they were just moving and just really enjoying it but this one lady some of them they didn't they didn't want to wait too long because the line was a little bit long and so they started you know they're like okay we gotta go we gotta go this one lady she stayed there the whole time and she waited until everybody left and she said um you have a spelling error on your uh backdrop and I was sitting there waiting before you came out and I couldn't hear anything that you said um because that error um was so glaring and I wondered why would you have something like that on the stage when you're communications coach my face is stinging right now. Yes, 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 yes. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. You know, I didn't say anything else that moment outside of thank you. Um, but I just thought to myself, so out of that entire hour, you couldn't get anything? Yeah. Because one spelling error? It's strange, Monique. Let me tell you, I was doing a workshop in the Denver, Colorado area. And I was co-facilitating with Robert Honorado, who is a riot. He is from New England. He's from the New York area. So he has a certain wit about him. And he has this word that he inserts sometimes, and it just depends on what's going on, whatnot. He will, it just depends. And he presented a session, then I presented a session, 
and I had picked up the whatnot bug. And I, I, I don't think I've used that word since then, but for some reason it kept sliding into my presentation that day. I have no idea how or why I had practiced my presentation many times before, before regular listeners know I practice my presentations a minimum of three times full out before I go on stage. So I had not used the word whatnot in that practice. It was only from hearing him. And there's a phenomenon that that's called and I'll have to dig it up and remember what it is. But when you, it's a catchphrase, somehow you subconsciously glom onto it and make it part of you and your speech. Let me tell you, in the evaluations, there was a lady who said that she sat and wrote a tick mark down for every time I used whatnot. And she wrote something like, I sure would like one of those whatnots that you keep shelling out. And I thought the same thing you thought, Monique. Did you get anything from the session? Did you get any content, any value? Or did you just walk away seeing the error on the retractable banner or hearing me say, what not <laughs> 58 times or whatever <laughs> are you kidding me so for me that was a mistake yes and I started to make sure I monitored myself after that if someone is speaking before me making sure I'm not taking some of their flavor and adding it to me I have no idea where that came from I had never done that before sound like fun to me that is a funny story (laughs) but I mean you know the the key thing is you took the feedback and you monitored yourself and I took the feedback and you better believe we got that banner fixed so you know (laughs) you know if 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 the feedback has some merit or truth I mean you just accept it and know that some people no matter what you say or what you do there will always be some folks in the audience whose job is to find what, you know, that like, where's Waldo? It's what went wrong? What went wrong? So, yeah. Yeah. And remember, you cannot make 100% of the audience 100% happy 100% of the time. You just cannot. You aim to do your very best and hope that they walk away better people or in better positions than they were before they showed up for your session. So what else? What else? We've, we've covered, how do you deal with distractions, how to handle mistakes? Yeah. So you roll with it. I think that's, that's the lesson you roll with it. Don't make a big deal out of it. And you know what? Um, I think for the majority of people, you're not going, I don't know what you think about this, but I don't think for majority of people, you, you're not going to have people in your audience who really try to just throw you under the bus. Like 90% of the time, most of the times you're going to have just minor slips or minor things here. It's not going to be something that you can't um, recover from. But I do remember a, a fellow speaker friend who was sharing one of her stories, and it was a very hostile uh, situation where this person was just everything she said, interrupting, disrupting. And she literally had to stop the course, 
take a break, tell everyone we're going to have a five minute break and take him outside and have a conversation and ask him to stop and to say that if he did, if he did not, that he would be asked to leave the session. So sometimes that might happen, but not often. Right. Um, so, yeah. No, no, I'm glad you bring that up because you will have those extreme cases. Mm -hmm. They're going to happen once in a blue moon and you still want to be proactive like we talked about beforehand. Yeah, we create the list. We set the intention. We ask for everybody to join in with this set of agreements that this is how we're going to operate. This is the plan. This is how we're going to play. But then you still may have someone where that's just not enough. You still must be proactive and have a plan. And there's absolutely, like you said, nothing wrong with shifting and having everybody engage in a one-minute paper, one-minute conversation, something purposeful, and asking that person to have a quick conversation in the hallway and just asking, hey, what can I do to make this a better experience for you? You know, this is what I really, really need. I mean, can we agree that you'll cut it out? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or go in time out, mister. (laughs) Okay. And if not, maybe you need to reschedule for another time or this just isn't a good fit. But I am responsible for making sure this is a good experience for everyone So, you know, can I count on your cooperation? And the answer is either yes or no. And if the answer is no, well, you know, see you later, right? But don't be afraid to handle this or address this because it is your show. And you have a responsibility to all of those audience members. They didn't come to see a bunch of riffraff, a bunch of lack of control and whatever. They came to get real information. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, distractions, don't stress about it. Have a plan, set the intention, set the tone. Mistakes, again, don't worry about it. Learn from them. Look at the feedback that may have pointed out some mistakes and say to yourself, is this worth looking into or not? And if it is, create yourself a plan for doing better and uh, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Okay, Monique, you're a rock star. Can't wait for our next conversation. Everybody, Thank you for tuning in to Own the Microphone. I am Bridget McGowan. I'll check you next time. Monique Russell is the global communications expert you want on your team. She teaches women leaders and teams how to increase visibility for more opportunity with public speaking and emotional intelligence. Her clients enjoy positive and productive relationships at home and at work using Monique's effective communications tools and strategies. If world-class organizations like Amazon, Microsoft, the Centers for Disease Control, Verizon, Intel, Equifax, and the world's busiest airport, Atlanta Hartsville Jackson International, can trust Monique to guide them with communication strategies, you can too. She is the founder of Clear Communication Solutions, LLC, the author of the book, Intentional Motherhood, who said it would be easy as well as The Ultimate Speaker's Guide. She hosts a podcast called Bridge to You and invites you to download her free audio of communication affirmations by visiting her website, clearcommunicationsolutions.com. Solutions.com.